0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 says, Now we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Here's a familiar verse. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has in store for those who love him. God has prepared something for those who love him. And I just believe I'm in the presence of people who love Jesus today and have had an encounter with him. And and that's a familiar passage. but I, I want to explore that a little bit today. So let's go to verse 10 and a couple of other verses as we go through this chapter. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. Verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Verse 14. The person without Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, cannot understand them because they are only discerned through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And let's finish with this. But we have the mind of Christ. And I really believe that God wants you to change your mind today. I want you to just touch someone and say, change your mind. Change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ, you know. I don't know about you, but uh, you probably know some people who always change their mind. Like it's just shifting sands, it's smoke and mirrors. You just don't know where to stand. So like, do I do this?" and it. Goes, so people just change their mind. You know Some people never change their mind. They're like fully entrenched, stubborn, dug in, never changing their mind. That's the way we did it in 1969. That's the way we're doing it right now. And uh, that's the way it's always going to be done. It's just some people. Um, Some people just have the mind of the crowd. You know, they can't decide what they're going to eat unless they post it online and have a suitable number of people reply. (laughs) Where are we going to eat tonight? I don't know, you know. What do you feel like? What's everyone else doing? You know, you like to ask a 21-year-old, what would you like to do? where would you like to go for dinner? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, Let's just ask them people. No, no, no. What do you want to do? I don't know. I just have the mind of the crowd, you know, it's just how it is. Some some people have lost their mind. They forgot it somewhere. <laughs> Anyone ever felt like I have lost any any mums here in early childhood rearing days? You're like, I have lost my mind and it's not coming back in that giant bag I carry around with me and it's full of stuff. Lost my mind. Some people have given their mind. Some people have blown their own minds. Some people have battles in their mind. I don't know. But um, really, I, I feel like God wants to uh, add momentum to you today, and to your family, to this church by changing our minds. It's a journey of transformation that he takes us on. And you know, I, I just want to lay down a few things, and then we'll jump into some of the things that Christ has in mind for us. Is that okay? So that really the steps of following Christ. That uh, I just want to lay a bit of a foundation. Really, the steps of following Christ are. Uh, With a childlike faith is the first step. And and if you've grown up uh, in a Christian family, often you made a decision to follow Christ at a young age and you did it with a childlike faith. If you came to Christ uh, and began a relationship with him in your adult years, maybe later teens into your adult years or further down the track, you have to make a decision to follow him with multiple parts of who you are, uh, spirit, soul and body, in, in such a way. But if you've grown up in a Christian environment, often you do it in a progressive way. So first, as a child, you often make a decision. Is there anyone here who maybe gave their life to, to Christ at the kitchen table with mum and dad or at a children's church gathering or a meeting like that or a kid's camp or something like that? There might be some people here. Good, fantastic. It makes our children's workers feel really good if you respond in that moment because it makes their work feel very validated. And, um, and so our children make that... F- and we have to have that even as an adult or childlike faith of just trusting in our good father and that what he has for us is good in our life. The second step is... Believing with all of our heart. And often if we've grown up in a Christian environment, that's the teenage moment, you know, because teenagers just run everything out of emotions. What do I feel like today? And uh, you know, it's good to grow past that. Can I encourage you to grow past that? But that's how that's how we do it. With all of our heart, we make that decision, and we're like 13, and we're like, I love you, Jesus. And and a good song with a minor chord comes on, and we're like, Aah! I love you, Jesus. I give you and and I tell you, it is so awesome to see teenagers making decisions to follow Jesus. The more teenagers and children we can get to make decisions to follow Jesus, it will last with them through their life. But there's a third element also that is in our following of Christ, it is to count the cost. Luke 14 says that we should sit down and count the cost and if we've grown up in a Christian environment often that comes at a later stage of our development at 17, 19, 21, 25 where what we believed in our heart uh, with our emotions and our childlike faith now has to be tested in our mind and we make a decision a, a, a conscious decision to be a follower of Christ. Counting of the cost and so if you've made a decision to follow Christ as an adult you've got to do all three of them at a very close proximity of time but if you've grown up through a Christian environment often they become a progressive thing and you'll see the counting of the cost thing they're all ongoing decisions that we make we grow in faith we grow in our all of our heart devotion to God but we also have to make a conscious growing of our decision to follow Jesus different environments that we go and we finish year 12 and we go and some people go to university or into the workplace and the counting of the cost is tested in those moments, in, before family, before friends, before people who feel great about deriding the Christian faith and, and, and belittling people. And so um, uh, what I wanted to speak into today is the counting of the cost, the, the growing of our understanding and the changing of our mind that happens as a conscious decision to follow Jesus Christ. This is not going to be a self-help seminar about the well-being of your mind. I'm a pastor, and I'm going to instruct you in the things of faith that will build in the things that God has for you and for his purpose over your life. And so uh, I'm not going to be your counselor. I'm not trained to do that. I can give you good counsel, but I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist, but I I can give you pop psychology lines. Uh, But I am a spiritual leader that God has given the authority to speak into people's lives. So out of the spirit, God wants to build health in every area of our life and wants to continue to grow us as his sons and daughters. And so Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so uh, that mixes all three in that one phrase there. And that's just quite amazing that God would have a holistic approach to growing his sons and daughters. We think it's amazing. We should be holistic in our health and well-being. And God's like, man, I've been there for a long time. Could you please catch up? You know. We think it's amazing breakthroughs. And so he says, you know, as you think, you will be and then you will do. You know, what what is going on in the substance of your spirit and then in your mind and your emotions will come out in your actions and reveal certain things about you. And so um, uh, our mind determines much of what happens in our body, our emotions and our spirit, the environment that we create for ourselves. Uh, But a renewed mind aligns with the, the spirit of God And becomes the mind of Christ. And so, um, you know, Jesus had many conversations with his followers which revealed a contrast between the way they thought about things and the way he thought about things. He said, Peter, you don't have in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of man. And then proceeds to call him Satan. That's a pretty disappointing moment, you know. I've been following you, Jesus, for three years and I just got affirmed that that's revealed by the Son. I mean, I'm winning. And then you say, I don't have in mind the things of God, but Jesus, I've been walking with you for three years. No, you don't have in mind, Peter, the things of God. You have in mind the things of man. And so there's this tension that we live in of going on a transformation journey, as Romans puts it, of having a transformed mind. And so uh, maybe just touch the second choice, touch another person, say, you need to change your mind. You need to change your mind. Come on, some people, you need to change your mind. And who feels like they've grown in their understanding of the world? As you go on, I mean, who feels still like they're going around the same mountain, butting their head against the same brick wall? this is going to help you. And, uh, but we all go on that journey. And so it's not like you're come into this service today and you haven't grown and changed. But God wants to add momentum to that transformation. So uh, are we ready to jump into that? Uh, I can just show you, just validate who I am a little bit by showing you a couple of pictures of my family. I'm a real person. And uh, my wife's here with me on the front row. And just recently, we, we've been spending a little bit of time in a sabbatical season for our family. This is my family. My eldest, Eva, she's 13. Jana's 11 and Leo at 9. And that's us in New Zealand with a volcanic steam vent behind us and snow coming down on top of us. That's New Zealand. And uh, and that was just, uh, we've been living through this special, very special, and I think I've got one more photo um, there, there, are my three beauties, uh, Eva, Yana and Leo and some volcanoes in the background and a lake and awesome New Zealand. And we, we've been walking through a really special season and I've got to tell you that um, the reason that A big reason for being in a season of sabbatical, taking time out to rest and prepare for a new season of life, is because my thinking wasn't appropriate for the season that I was in. The thinking that I held brought me to a certain place that I got to tell you my faith was good. I love Jesus. And I trusted God and his goodness for my life. My heart was for him and I knew his heart. I had the most affectionate moments with, with God and my personal devotions and my walk with him. And and I was in a great place with my faith and with my uh, heart for God. And, and he'd stirred things and my life was a uh, passion uh, to serve him. But in my thinking, it became apparent quite uh, quite. Um, significantly that my thinking wasn't commensurate with what God required in the assignment and the season that he had. Does anyone feel like you just can't get it right in your head for what God has got right in front of you? I mean you've got now got three kids and you're like I don't know what to do with these. (laughs) Living beings that are consuming my house or I find myself in a workplace environment that I feel like I do not have what it takes to do what's required. I feel like I am now find myself in the whirlwind of other people's decisions that are now imposing impacts on my life. And I don't feel like I have in the head what it takes to do. I know God's good. I know He loves me, but I don't feel like I've got it up here for what I need for this moment in time. Anyone feel like ever had that feeling before? Like you can identify that? So I'm not the only person who's going to spill their guts today, okay? I just want to have a bit of confidence that I'm not the only one who realized in a moment of time I did not have what it takes in my mind to do what God had required of me and so I want to really lay down some things in the mind of Christ that he has for us and so you know because we all have stories of faith stories of heart and the stories of growth in our mind and, and Romans 12 says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's amazing mercy our father loves us to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to him this is true and proper worship don't conform to the pattern of this world but be, but be, but be by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store, but we have the mind of So when we think back to what um, is quoted by the Apostle Paul in this moment in 1 Corinthians, he's actually quoting the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah chapter 64 from hundreds of years earlier where he's reading and the prophet Isaiah says, from an Old Testament point of view, you have not got the capacity to understand the goodness of God for the situations and the realities of your life. So we have to live in hope without a clarity that allows us to understand the things of God. Paul takes it and looks at it through the lens of the cross and says, but now you don't have to live in an Old Testament view of just having a vague hope you can have a clarity because you have the mind of Christ. And so I want to transform this scripture for a few people this morning, that God wants to take you on a journey of having a confident hope, a faith and an affection for God, but having a clarity of mind that allows us to have the mind of Christ and a confidence in what we're walking through right now. Is that going to help someone? Okay, so we better get on with it. right? So... Um, what is the mind of Christ? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. And, and really, I, I come up with a phrase to hi, try and capture it. And if you've got your notes out, you might want to write this down. And, and really, it's about relationship and understanding. And, and, and I'm going to give this to you, and we'll see where we go. The mind of Christ is living as a child of God, with a connection to him, understanding the unlimited resource and his power. Living as a child of God with a connection to our Father, knowing His unlimited resource and His power. So if we are operating with the mind of Christ, because Christ came to be a demonstration of what it's like living in right relationship with God. I mean, he didn't come to just demonstrate God on earth. He came to demonstrate man in right relationship with God. So what he demonstrated through his life and ministry, we have the ability to emulate. He said greater things than these. So he is encouraging us to grab hold of it. I want to live with my mind in the same place as him so I can outwork the things that he did and has intended and prophesied and promised for my life. So I have to live as a child of God in great relationship with my father and knowing his unlimited resource and his power because that contrasts against my position of uncertainty of who I am what do I possess and what am I doing anyone ask those three questions in their life where do I belong do I even fit here Um, this is yeah it's your house he yeah, has the same address as on your license. That's where the bills come. And, uh, <laughs> and you're questioning, do I even belong here? And what, what am I doing with my life? What's God's will for my life? Well, when we live with the mind of Christ in right relationship as a child of God, it eliminates so much of unhealthy, time-consuming, mind-thinking time that we have. We just spend so much time on the wrong topics. Yeah. Yeah. We're great at meditating, yeah. but just on the wrong topic. You know, we know meditation's good for us because we can develop really great arguments in our head about how right we are. But we're just doing it on the wrong topics. So I want to encourage you today that as we grab hold of that, uh, the mind of Christ, that it will start to outwork the powerful and purposeful living that Christ has for us. You know, in Luke 4, Jesus said, I have come so that the spirit of the living God is on me to, to bring healing to people who are hurt. He's come to bring freedom for the oppressed and release for the captives and proclaim the year of God's favor. That is the outworking of that right mindset in our life. God wants you to walk through, no matter what season you're in, to be able to walk through that season of incredible growth and blessing or maybe it's the most tragic and heartbreaking moment of your time where you know God has, through your mindset and right relationship with Him, knowing His power and His abundant resources for you, you can walk through and say, God is good. He's faithful to my life. And he's come so I may bring freedom to people who are trapped, healing to broken people. And I can proclaim the year of God's favor. And you can't do that. uh, You can't do that out of a non-genuine mindset. It has to be a paradigm that you live in. It has to be a foundation and a framework that you live within. I believe God wants to, by his spirit, do something great in that. You know, some of us, we just think Jesus was just an optimistic people person. You know, with some weird sort of spiritual skills. You know, do some cool things. If we think that, we'll discount our ability to emulate his life and to live that. And I don't want you to do that. Don't, don't just think that Jesus was an optimistic spiritualist with good relational skills. And man, he'd make a great real estate agent. He could sell anything. No, no, no. We, we try to frame Jesus from our viewpoint when we need to understand his mindset. And so let's jump into a few things this morning, and I believe it's going to help you. Here's just a few contrasts to help you get you thinking about it. You know, Jesus approached every person, problem, and issue with a kingdom paradigm. Yeah. Yeah, but we have the mind of... Nice. So we often see people as problems. More people, more Retail would be great if it wasn't for the customers. (laughs) You know, like that's the way we sometimes approach things. So, you know, Jesus approached every person and problem with a kingdom paradigm. And, you know, let's take this one. There's 5,000 people, 5,000 men plus women and children in a park long way from the shops. His disciples think, let's send them away to get food and then come back. Jesus approaches it from a different paradigm. He says, you feed them. Because he is in right relationship with his, his mindset is relationship with father, unlimited resource, power. You feed them. Because you can live with the same mindset that I have, brothers. So now tap into sonship, power, resource, see what happens. Can you see the contrast? Okay, so, so storm in the boat. You may know this story if you've been around church a little while. Um, uh, There's a storm in the boat. Jesus is sleeping in the hull. Crazy waves are crashing. They think they're going to drown the the disciples, Jesus' most uh, favoured guys, the ones he called to him. And and they're thinking, ah! Have you ever got to the point where you don't have solutions? All you have is, ah! You don't have answers. You don't have an opinion. You're just like, ah! Well, I've been there. And, um, and I would say my response is, let's make a bigger boat. Cruise through the waves. Jesus says, let's reduce the waves. Different paradigm. Different paradigm. Different power, different relationship. Okay, how about this one? Injury and disability. He encounters injury and disability with people all around. We think, let's put wheelchair ramps everywhere. He says, let's make wheelchairs redundant. different paradigm approaching the same thing in our mind you know like disciples um they they get the question wrong and um and miss the point jesus doesn't uh, dis- uh, ridicule them and sign them up for an awareness class But he does lead them through a healthy process of growth, speaking truth and love. You know, Jesus is betrayed by those boys that are closest to him, his mates, his closest companions, the ones he's betrayed. We would write them off for life. Well, I would write them off. I won't, I might make assumptions about your character, but I'll just share mine. I would write them off for life. Okay, I'm the only one being honest here today, right? Jesus, said, Jesus goes out and restores relationship. He goes and finds Simon Peter on the beach and says... Will you? Do you love me? And he says, Yeah, I love you. And he restores, he goes and seeks, he steps over the divide and builds relationship. We don't want to do it. We delete them off Facebook. We cut them off. We don't answer their texts. We reject their phone calls. We pretend they don't even exist and we'll go to other places at Christmas so we don't have to see them. But he goes and builds relationship. We'll shape our holidays around our dysfunctional relationship. So we, sorry, mum, can't come to Christmas. We're going on holidays we 'll spend more money to do dysfunctional things and fix it. Jesus wants to take us to a different paradigm, and so so we can go through that so here 's a few things that the mind of Christ is, and you 've been waiting for this. so number one it 's contrary to the world we 've got to always understand let's not try and make our understanding of God align with our experience of the world. Who he is is contrary to the world. Now, he's not a contrary person. You know contrary people. Every time you say something, they just have an opposite thing to say about it. They're just annoying people, especially if you live with them. You know, and so it's, it's, he's not being argumentative. He's contrary to the world. He wants to reveal it. So, you know, if you find um, you're having arguments in your head all the time with other people, That's contrary argumentative thought process. It's not helpful to you. Uh, Jesus is just contrary to the world, not contrary to everything and everyone. He's just contrary to the world. So we've got to understand that we're having the mind of Christ is contrary to it. Number two, it's calm. His mind is calm free of anxiety. He feels loved and affirmed by his Father. He's in good child relationship with his Father in heaven and he feels calm because he's loved. He's not self-depressed, replaying failure uh, film clips in his head time after time, time after time. He's not full of anguish and being torn apart by the decisions of the past. There is a calmness of mind that Jesus has in his mind that allows him certain things. And I want to encourage you today. I believe Every person goes through seasons and times of difficult anxiety, depression, frustration, um, replaying failures of their their life, replaying the, the injuries that other people have imposed on them, but that's not where you're supposed to stay. You will go through that. If you just like go think life is all awesome, rainbows, unicorns, and butterflies, well, just hang around a bit longer, right? And you'll find out what really happens. But I want to tell you, you will have those seasons come. Jesus said trouble will be yours. But you can go through that and you can have a place of calmness. And I'm speaking to some people here today. You've, you've, you've heard the voices of this world where well, you're just going to have to live with it. You're going to have to just have to learn how to live around that broken part where your mind isn't calm. Well, I want to tell you, God has got something more. We're not limited to the experience of this world. We have the mind of, the mind of, and his mind is calm. And I want to speak that spirit and life to some people today. And it's not a condemning word. It's a word of hope. And it's a word that you can fix your eyes on and go, this is what God has for me. Okay, let's keep going. I've got a couple of moments. I've got a few more. Uh, It's capable. The mind of Christ is capable. And I'm a great preacher, so all these words are going to start with C. (laughs) I hope you appreciate how much time that took me. (laughs) It's capable. You know, some people, I find this funny, you know, some people are afraid of becoming a Christian because they think they need to just disconnect their brain. I love Jesus. As you look through his life and ministry, man, he, was, he could spin an argument in a conversation with religious experts and have them confounded. The mind of Christ is capable and articulate and powerful. And I want you to have a capable and articulate and powerful mind that represents who he is. So that as you're facing your parenting dilemma, do I give my kid an iPad at four days old? Something kicks in and the capability of your mind and go, you know what, this is probably not going to be great for my child. You know, like uh, uh, dads, you know, uh, you know we, just, we just need to have capable minds when it comes to parenting and stuff like that. Okay, number four, let's move on before I say anything. Uh, number four, it's a clear mind. A clear mind. The mind of Christ is a clear mind which allows focus. There's not mass confusion in his mind. And, and I want to tell some people here today, his mind is not empty. It's clear and focused, and the the music team can join me on stage. I'd like that. And and it has the ability, the mind of Christ has the ability to create clarity for others. Sometimes you walk into a room and everyone, you leave and everyone's more confused. (laughs) What just happened then, you know? I have that ability to do that to people. And it's great having Nathan and Amy Tyrrell, who worked with me for two years very closely. Nathan will testify to that. And uh, but I, I understand having the mind of Christ is a transforming journey that He takes us on, so that we not only have the clarity in our own minds, but we have the ability to do that for our children, for our spouse, for our the people we love in our life, in our workplace. You know, um, it's 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 not clear. It's not empty. It's just clear with clarity and has the. Has increased power because of that? You know, a clear mind of Christ is not an absent mind. It's a powerful mind with the ability to focus. The devil knows a simple trick by reducing the power of who you are by just adding confusion into your life. Should I do this? Should I do that? We're double-minded about different things. And so he's not like that. We want us to be that. So number five is compassionate. Having empathy and understanding. Number six is being confident, not double-minded. Make your decisions. Let your yes be yes. Your no be no. You're not tossed around by the waves. The mind of Christ has a confidence. Not arrogance. We can, I think most people here could probably tell the difference between arrogance and confidence. You know, and, and I'm really blessed to have great parents. And they were able to knock most of the arrogance out of me. But they left me with confidence. Do you see the difference? And they didn't knock the confidence out of me. They just helped me erode the arrogance and, and my wife took over as well she's been very helpful with that <laughs> darling and, uh, and so you know that, that confidence of the mind of Christ so many people here you, you live your life and, and we live our lives with a sense of not being good enough and that is not the mind of Christ for you and i was just maybe open your heart right now and I want to speak a word of the spirit of God to you you are exactly enough I want you to have confidence. You're my son. You're my daughter. I've placed you in this season and me with you is more than enough. He's going to finish what He started in you. He's going to bring to completion what He started in you. I want some confidence from the Spirit of God of the mind of Christ to rest on some teenagers in this place. For some young parents in this place who are feeling like I don't know if I got what it takes. There's some confidence resting on people in this church who are taking up leadership responsibility where you say with Christ I can do all God breathed things that He's spoken into my life. I can complete the thing that He's set before me. I have a confidence about my calling I have a confidence about my place and location the relationships I may not know everything to do but I have a clarity of my and a confidence of mine to walk through those things and are we go is that all right just do a couple more just do a couple more right, I'll get heaps but I like uh, uh, creative your son's not slaves so you can have a creative mind you're not built for doing tasks you're built for vision and purpose and uh, the, and I, another one, I don't think I put this on the PowerPoint, is um, his mind is always, and I said this at the start, I got to a point in my life just in the last, in this year, realising my mindset was not commensurate with the task. Having the mind of Christ allows me to have a mind that is commensurate with the task, the assignment, the season of my life that I'm in right now. Year 12s, you can feel great if you're finished and Good uni students, people studying. Feel great. But the next season's coming and you've got to grow again into that. You know, mums and dads, we grow. We go from little infants to toddlers to kids to teenagers and then they're adults. And then they bring their kids and give them to you as well. And, and, but you've got to have a mind that's commensurate. And the mind of Christ is always up to the task. I want to encourage you to grab hold of that today. And, and, and lastly this morning, uh, you can stand to your feet. That's where I want to finish for. God I believe God's breathing something of his spirit and mind into this. And Lastly this morning, the, the mind of Christ is conscious of the Spirit of God. Jesus said, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father says me to do. He walked in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5 says that we should walk in step with the Spirit. And us today, as a church, as families... As men and women before God, I, I can't, impart, you. Know, if we live our lives with the mind of Christ in step, conscious of the Holy Spirit in our life, there is a pathway that's confident. There is a pathway that's sure. There's a pathway where we can look forward to the future with a positive expectation of hope and confidence because we have the mind of Christ. And so this morning, I'd just like to pray for some people here that you've been struggling in the area. You feel like your faith it's okay. You feel like you've got a good affection for God. Your heart is for Him, but your mind has become a battleground. Well, if that's you today and you feel like you're in a season of one moment, I'm thinking great, and the other moment I'm down, and, 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 and this is contention in my mind, There's uh, this confusion, I want to pray for some people right now in Activate Church, that God is going to impart His mind over people. He's going to transform and renew our minds so that we align with the mind of Christ. I'm going to pray for some women in this place. And you feel like you've adopted some messages that have come from our culture, which just says you it's okay to go through a childbearing season and child rearing season and feel like you're disconnected and not productive. I want to say that is of the world. That's not of God. He wants you to have a sharp mind and enjoy every step of the season. He doesn't want you to feel disconnected and alone. He wants you. There's men in this place and you feel like you've got to a certain age and stage and you don't feel like you have a competency of your mind it's not commensurate with the task I want to say the mind of Christ is creative and capable and powerful so in this place today I just pray against confusion I pray against depression and anxiety and 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 just pain that people have felt in their mind they feel like sometimes they are losing their mind well I want to say to the spirit of confusion the spirit of this world be gone let freedom and wholeness and healing Come, let the mind of Christ rest so that we can test and approve His good, pleasing, perfect will. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store. But we have the mind of Christ. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus together this morning. Come on, let's lift Him up. But we have the mind of Christ. So, Father, in this place, youngest to oldest, we want to just grab hold of this renewed mind. Let our thoughts reflect your thoughts. Let our ways be your ways. And so in this place today, if there's people who are struggling still with all different things happening in the space of their intellect and mind, I just pray that there is, this is a, an open door opportunity right now. The Spirit of God is here to bring confidence clarity freedom from anxiety and i just believe that he's speaking a life he's affirming your identity as a son he's revealing his resources to you and he's imparting his power into your life thank you jesus thank you father thank you holy spirit for your presence in this place we praise you this morning in jesus name come on let's praise him together amen amen